0: good afternoon and welcome to the first of our Protolabs Q&A sessions. We wanted this to be an opportunity for you to get involved and to ask our experts direct. My name is Sarah and I'll be asking the questions today. For those of you who are familiar with Protolabs, you know we offer three core services, injection moulding, CNC machining and 3D printing. Today, our session will focus on 3D printing, which is why I'm delighted to be joined virtually by my colleague, Tassos, one of our incredible application engineers here at Protein Labs. Hi, Tassos.
1: Hello, Sarah. Hello, everyone.
0: Hi. Thanks for joining us today, Tassos. Before we go into the questions, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah, of course. I'm an applications engineer here at Protolabs and I work since the last four years. I really enjoy um, this really fast-paced environment and we are uh, involved with different kind of projects, hundreds of different projects uh, among all the, the major industries like uh, automotive, medical, uh, aerospace uh, and generally um, mechanical.
0: Fantastic. That's brilliant. Thanks, Tasos. So, are you ready to see what our followers have been asking? Sure, yeah. Let's do this. Okay, so let's dive into the first question. Uh, So, we've got a question here from Mark. Now, he's asking, are you, Protolabs, able to give guidance on fatigue properties of the metal materials?
1: Right. Hello. First of all, hello, Mark. Um, uh, Actually, we currently, we don't have um, any values uh, with regards to the material behavior under fatigue. However, uh, our data sheets which are listed on our website have um, quite good and comprehensive information about um, the most major mechanical properties uh, like tensile strength for example. Uh, but since the materials we use are very close to the raw materials and we have the, the, the parts we make have a relative density between 99.5 to 99.95 percent comparing to the raw materials. Uh, this uh, can be translated like uh, the materials uh, the raw materials fatigue um, uh, we could add a margin as little as half percent.
0: Great. That's fantastic. I hope that answers your question, Mark. Okay, moving swiftly on, Tassos, because we've got so many questions that we want to get through to in the time that we have. So this is a question from Stefan. Do you need to perform any post-build operations in order to make the walls gas-tight?
1: Hello, Stefan. Um, no, actually, we don't need to do uh, any post Uh, post build operations uh, or processes to achieve that. Uh, Of course, we need to be mindful of the material selection because each material has a different minimum thickness value and could withstand different um, values of of pressure. But bearing that in mind, then uh, after we know a little bit more about your application, a little more details about that, then we can give um, the best possible feedback.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so moving on, we've got a question here from Manish. Um, Now, Manish wants to know, do you use any form of in-situ inspection to monitor build quality during the build or only inspect after part is completed?
1: Right, hello there. Uh, It's actually, um, it is possible for us to inspect the parts only after um, the build is completed, uh, since they are covered by powder. So we only inspect parts after they are made
0: wonderful okay so now we've got a question from tony so tony's asking does morphology of the metal powder affect the build for example the fatigue and surface quality of the finished part
1: right uh yeah that's a very good question so generally the particle size of the the powder particle size and the granulometry of the powder is um checked before Uh, every building cycle, uh, and we are able to maintain with a specific range uh, in order to work properly with the laser beam uh, of um, the 3D printer. Of course, its size and quality plays a role on the overall quality uh, and surface finish of the part. Uh, So we make sure that everything is um, really going step by step in order to achieve the best possible um, quality out of your part.
0: Wonderful. Okay, so we now we've got a question from AJ. So how do you work the compromise between part strength and internal stresses? Uh, I think AJ wants to build moulding tool cavities and needs strength.
1: Right, uh, that's a very good question uh, as well. So first of all, what we look, the main parameters and the main considerations is, are the material the builder direction, the builder orientation, how we'll orientate the part, and of course the actual part geometry. Uh, generally speaking, we we could have, in theory, of course, we can uh, print uh, cavities uh, for injection molding, uh, mold tools in general, but we we still suggest going with CNC milling as a very first choice because um, the the very first thing is that. For, for with the DMLS, with the metal printing, we would have some rougher surface finish. We, have, we would have higher production time. There are going to be more internal stresses if you have a big part. Um, and of course, um, the overall properties would be um, way better. Um, however, if this has to do with plastic, then of course, they are, uh, there are m- quite a few choices. Uh, to build uh, mould materials um, and produce different parts. However, it's something that we we don't really use the ejection moulding presses to use them, just to make ourselves clear. We, we can do the moulds, but not the actual run of the parts.
0: That's fantastic. Thanks, Tazas. Okay, so I'm going to move on to a question from Jordan. So Jordan wants to know, how well does DMS deal with print-in-place parts?
1: Right. Hello, Jordan. So, we actually don't uh, print, we don't build a part around an existing one, uh, mm-hmm. but at least this happens, this doesn't happen for now. Maybe at uh, some point in the future, we will include this operation as well.
0: That's great to know. It's always, it's always good to see that we're um, forward thinking as a, as a business. Um, so, right, we're, we're going on to a, a question here from Kelly so what systems are used to check density control between parts printed in the same batch
1: right uh, great question as well so generally on the same build when we have a, an X number of parts we can print uh, a few more specimens and in particular particular we can have one specimen um, extra on the same build along with the parts uh, that you want And we have the possibility to run uh, a few tests like um, to have a porosity analysis as well as a surface roughness test. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then by doing those, we could identify um, better the material characteristics of your parts. So it's gonna have, you're gonna get um, a nice fully documented uh, result on how your parts uh, would perform in regards to The density.
0: It's brilliant. Thanks, Tassos. Okay, um, right, so we've got a question here from Rob. So, why do overhangs not print on DMLS? The process sounds very much like SLS, which does not need them. Is it due to laser penetration control?
1: Great nice technical uh, question. <laughs> so generally uh, the SLS and DMLS process <clears throat> is very similar uh, in terms of uh, the material uh, the raw material form. So both of them use powder based materials. Uh, however there are very uh, some very important differences. Uh, for SLS we don't need support structures as you mentioned uh, and the, the actual powder works as a physical support. However, on metals, we have a different case, a different situation uh, due to the fact that the actual materials are heavier than plastics. We have higher um, building chamber temperatures. So support structures are vital uh, in order to, to, have, to keep the parts in place. To, um, at the same time, they help dissipate the heating uh, during the, the sintering process and, of course, to make sure that uh, warp uh, effects don't appear uh, and are better controlled.
0: Wow, that's great. That is a rather technical one, just right down your street. (laughs) Brilliant. I'm going to jump over a couple of these. I'm conscious that we're running out of time, but there's so many brilliant questions, Tassos. So I'm going to move on to one from Pavan, if that's okay. And this is, um, does ProtoLabs offer materials with flammability approvals?
1: Yes, uh, actually, this uh, generally the prototype materials um, offered... Um, they are quite challenging to have um, flammability, uh, flammable materials. However, we do offer the PA-12 black, uh, which is on the multi-jet fusion fusion process. Uh, however, we need to be mindful that this is uh, only on its natural surface, uh, which is grayish, uh, and before the parts being dyed, uh, black. So... This material has a certification on the UL 94, which is the standard for safety of flammability of plastic materials, as well as the UL 746A, which is a standard for polymeric materials to measure short-term property evaluations.
0: That's fantastic. Okay, so just time to fit a couple more in, task officers, if that's okay. Um, We've got a a question here from Lucas, and Lucas is asking, is stress relieving a standard part of the process or must you explicitly request it?
1: Nice, great, Uh, great question as well. So generally, uh, this depends uh, largely on the material selection. For example, since we uh, we are certified for medical implants and uh, for t- titanium. Titanium is a material that needs um, stress relief, needs a heat treatment uh, on certain standards, and we judge depending on the geometry and the material selection whether this part or your parts would need. Uh, further heat treatment however if there are certain certifications for your application then we could um, adjust our settings and heat treat the parts according to those
0: fantastic okay so I'm going to move on very quickly to a question from Don and this is about build orientation. And how does the build orientation get decided, Tassos?
1: Nice. Uh, so first of all, we need to see the geometry itself. So the, the actual geometry and the process, the 3D process, will define uh, how we will orientate the part. Of course, the aim for us here at Protolabs is to have fully functional and high quality parts. So we have... Um, Teams, experienced teams uh, with engineers, which analyze who analyze the parts, and uh, they have uh, t- they they just try to ensure that um, on a process that we need support structures. We orientate the parts such in order to um, to ease their removal, but at the same time to make sure that uh, there is no compromise on on the quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course. If there are specific areas on your parts that you require, or, or there is uh, a crucial feature, for example, we could take this into consideration. Uh, the only thing that you have to do is uh, just share with us a drawing, technical drawing, or add some comments uh, before quoting. So uh, we will have a look on all of them mm-hmm. and we will decide what's the best way to move forward.
0: That's fantastic. Thanks, Tazas. And we're really, really stretched for time now, but I just want to finish off, if we can, with with this question, which is really quite timely with the current situation. But how is Protolabs set up to cope with the high demand of COVID-19 parts?
1: Right, great. So, Protolabs had, and of course, has quickly adapted to this new situation, uh, one of the key advantages of um, uh, the company. Um, Protolabs is, is about speed. So this was implemented on the new situation uh, we live. Um, uh, the extensive list of materials, our highly skilled teams, and of course many years of experience allowed engineers to quickly verify their design through pr- prototyping and through prototypes. And um, because of the large selection of materials, they can um, mimic the actual materials before investing to. Uh, the injection molding service of course this is everything happens uh, very fast Uh, Mm -hmm. and of course uh, it's it's a challenging time for for everyone but Rotolabs is is proud to to contribute on saving lives by producing crucial medical components uh, very fast
0: That's fantastic. Well, I'm afraid we've (laughs) we've run out of time now, but um, uh, I I just want to thank everyone that has got involved and took the time to ask Tassos some questions. And obviously, thank you to Tassos for going under the spotlight. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, very welcome, Sarah.
0: Yeah, we've received so many more questions, which we will um, try and cover in, in future um, Q&A sessions. So it doesn't stop here. So remember, if you do have a question about any digital manufacturing process, design tips or material optimization requests, really, you know, we've got a dedicated email address, protolabsqa at protolabs.co.uk, or use the hashtag protolabsqa to submit your questions. Okay, so before we sign off... I'd just like to let you know about the other resources that are available on our website, which is protolabs.co.uk. There you'll find some fantastic case studies, in-depth technical papers, and insight videos. Uh, and also, don't forget to join us for the next Q&A session, which is on the 6th of May. So look out for our question call-outs on our social media platforms. That's LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. But for now, um, have a great afternoon. Take care and keep safe. Thanks ever so much, everyone.
1: 拜拜